Let's take our Bibles. We'll turn to the same passage as we have been turning to for a while now. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. We have been studying the gospel. And we know the gospel is the good news, specifically about Jesus Christ. Even more specifically, about four events in his life, his death, burial, resurrection, and appearances. Even more specifically, about his death and resurrection. And recently in our study, we've focused even more on his death, according to 1 Corinthians 13 or 15.3, where it says that Christ died for our sins. We saw first that Christ died as a penalty for sin, for wrongdoing. Secondly, we saw Christ died as a substitute. He died for the wrongdoing of others. So 1 Corinthians 15 is all about Jesus, except for that reference to us. He died for our sin. I read something today that summarized it well. One person said, in salvation, we do our part, God does his part. We do the sinning, God does the saving. Right. Our part in the gospel was the sin. His part is to save. Now let's move to our third point that 1 Corinthians 15 gives us in regard to the death of Christ. Let's consider, my brothers and sisters in the Lord, the scriptural witness, the scriptural witness. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word, uh, help us to give ourselves to it and that we accept it. We believe it with all of our heart. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. This last summer, my side of the family was able to have our first family reunion in years when we were all present. And in the evenings at our family reunion, we sat around the campfire and we had story time. And time and time again, the stories that we told were about car troubles on vacations. (laughs) And we related how we would be sitting on the side of the road waiting for the van to get fixed or waiting for hours by a payphone at the rest uh, stops off the freeway. You know, back in the day when there was a payphone there because we didn't have cell phones. And uh, we would do all kinds of things while we waited for things to get fixed. And it seemed that whenever we planned a trip, there was an unplanned issue with our family van. And it's a lot of those unplanned issues that pose a lot of difficulty. Well, allow me for a moment to argue that the death of Jesus Christ is the greatest difficulty of human history. The sinless son of God took on human flesh, died. A flat tire or a cracked radiator, that has, that's nothing in comparison to the death of Jesus Christ. And it might seem that Jesus' death was unplanned. It was a mistake. Even it was in some way a failure. But as we look at 1 Corinthians 15, that's not so. The death of Jesus was prophesied. It was according to the plan of God revealed to us in the word of God. And in two points this afternoon, let's consider the fact that the death of Christ was scriptural. And these two points come from the translations of this verse, but as well as the rest of scripture. I want you to look at your Bible. You may have a New American Standard, King James, New King James, NIV, CSB, NET. Any of those, if you read them, it'll say Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. The simple point there is that the death of Christ was known in the scriptures. It was predicted in the scriptures. And the reference to scriptures here isn't singular, a single text, 
but it refers to multiple passages. But just consider that. Without looking at any of the cross-references in your Bible, what are the passages of Scripture that predicted the death of the Messiah? In the Old Testament? Yeah, in the Old Testament. Isaiah. Isaiah. Good. So that's that's perfect. Probably the most popular uh, prediction of Christ's death does come from the prophet Isaiah in the description of the suffering servant of God, Isaiah 53. So let me summarize it quickly for you. Isaiah 53, 5 through 6. Isaiah describes the sin of others were going to be laid on him. Isaiah 53, 9. Isaiah described his burial and his innocence. They made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, there was no deceit in his mouth. Verse 11, Isaiah described his propitiatory work in that he satisfied the wrath of God for the sins of others. And then we see in verse 12 that Isaiah describes plainly his death for the sins of many, where he says, he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. So very clearly, Isaiah his suffering servant, would die for the sins of others. We can also think of the prophet Daniel, who agreed that the Messiah would die, and Daniel indicated the timing of the Messiah's death. Daniel chapter 9, verse 26, after, the 62nd, after 62 weeks, the anointed one, or the Messiah, will be cut off. As the NIV interprets that, he's going to die. He'll be put to death, and he'll have nothing. Or we can look at the prophet Zechariah, who agreed when he spoke about the Messiah as a shepherd. Zechariah 13:7 says, Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, against the man who stands next to me, declares the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter. Of course, you remember that Jesus Christ quoted that verse on the night before he died. Now, I would say our modern legal understanding of strike kind of dampens our understanding of the text. Because today, to strike someone is to lay a hand on them in some way that's undesirable, whether it's really soft or it's really strong. Well, the striking in this passage is talking about the action that actually slays a person. They die from it. So, for example, Genesis 4.15, the Lord appointed a sign for Cain, lest anyone finding him would slay him, would strike him. A couple chapters later, God's, uh, he struck the world with a flood. They died. Okay. So we have the death of Christ set forth already in the prophet Zechariah. The psalmist agrees as well that Christ's body would not remain among the dead. We memorize Psalm 16, verse 10. You will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. And we might not think that the original audience understood that this was messianic, but we know for sure that it was because Peter announced that on Pentecost, that this passage was about Jesus Christ. And from there, we might transition from the fact that there are multiple Old Testament passages that predict his death. There are also multiple New Testament passages that say the Old Testament predicted his death. So Peter on Pentecost, he did that with Psalm 16, but he also did in, in Acts chapter 3. When he spoke from Solomon's portico, he said, What God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. So he's saying the Old Testament said this was going to happen, and it did. Later on in chapter um, 
Later on, he wrote epistle, and in chapter 1 of 1 Peter, he writes, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be ours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating, when he predicted the suffering of Christ and the subsequent glories. So Peter says said several times now, this, this was according to the scriptures, and Jesus himself said the Old Testament testimony was he would die. So Luke 24, Jesus was speaking to his disciples and he says to them, these are the, my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. In other words, before my death, while I was still with you, that everything about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. So we look at all these passages and it is very, very clear, and for many more passages, that the death of Jesus Christ was plainly predicted. It was stated in the scriptures. It was known for all those who understood what the scriptures said. But when we look at Luke 24, we realize that the disciples didn't understand. Christ repeatedly spoke to them, but they didn't get it. And that's not to say that Jesus Christ was a bad teacher. Or that the scriptures weren't plain. They were. But what it shows is it takes the illumination of the Holy Spirit for someone to understand what God has plainly said. Now let's just apply that to our hearts. The fact that you and I recognize the prediction of Jesus Christ's death shows the work of God in our hearts. That we get it. But let's mine some more truth from this text. You look at the English Standard Version, 1 Corinthians 15, 3. It says, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture. Now, the other translations say according to, which would seem to mean as stated in the Scriptures. But the nuance in the ESV is that Christ's death was required in the Scriptures. Now, whether there's a difference in the translation that is significant it is clear from other passages of Scripture that the death of Jesus Christ was necessary. Now, I just predicted it was necessary, according to the Scriptures, because Jesus said that but even before he died. So Mark chapter 8, verse 31, he's with his disciples, and he taught them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed. And after three days, rise again. And he said this plainly. So Jesus related the fact of his death to his disciples long before his death actually took place. Now, there's the conundrum. If it was known, why didn't Jesus avoid it? In the story of Sleeping Beauty, you know that Maleficent predicts that the newborn princess is going to prick her finger on the needle of the spinning wheel. And you know what her father, the king, did. He ordered that all the spinning wheels in the kingdom be destroyed because it's normal for people to take steps to avoid problems. But I want you to think about the scriptural necessity of Jesus's death from Jesus's perspective. We're not told when he became aware of his great task, when it became plain to him. Some might say he knew that task all along, given that he was deity. Others might say that he learned it as he read the scriptures, given that he was human. Regardless, Christ states that his death was necessary, and he rooted it in the scripture. 
Listen to what Luke says, Luke 18, 31 through 33. See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. On the third day, he will rise. Jesus said that before his death, and Jesus stated as much after his resurrection. Luke 24 again, verse 25. He said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and then turn to his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So not only must we be convinced that the death of Christ was no accident, given that it was necessary. It was also known by God beforehand. Acts 2.23 says, This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless man. So concerning the death of Christ, God knew it would happen. God foretold it and that it must come to pass. And he foretold it so that we would know that it was all planned. It was no accident. So we must not think that this aspect of the gospel is some kind of mistake. The gospel is not humanly contrived. It's divinely planned. Yet we learn something very important by Jesus's response to what the Father had divinely planned. Paul says it this way in Philippians 2, that Christ humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Jesus knew all about what lay before him, and he gave himself to do what the Father said in the Scriptures. And that's a reason for us just to marvel at Christ, that he knew it was before him, and he was obedient unto death. And then from there to pray that Christ would be formed in us. Father, we ask that you will help us to consider Christ and what he did. And as was predicted in the scriptures and as was uh, necessary based on the scriptures, we ask that you would help us to consider this great work of redemption for our salvation. Um, you're doing and something that Christ was obedient to perform. Uh, for our benefit, and we praise you for that today. We ask that Christ would be formed in us, that we would not hesitate to do what is clearly given to us in your word. And we ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen.